To League of Legends Radio with your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Did I sound like her? You guys think I sound like her? I think I sounded like her. I think that was a pretty good impression. Welcome to another episode of League of Legends Radio. I am your host, Ponderous Sea Lion, as you just heard twice from me and the announcer lady. Shout outs to the announcer lady. Got another great episode for you guys. I interviewed. One of the recipients of the Robert Morris University Lawlership. Eh, see what I did there? Because you combine scholarship and League of Legends, which is often abbreviated into law. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, intros are fun. Anyways, that interview is coming right up. I'm also going to talk a bit about, you know, a, uh, an issue that is very near and dear to my heart in the League of Legends community. That's all I can really say for right now, but... um. If you guys stick around, I'm sure you'll be both touched and moved. Without further ado, I'm going to plug my Twitter. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at LO Legends Radio. I feel like it needs to be... I don't know. This intro's a mess. Let's just get into the episode. Stop talking already. All right, guys, I'm joined this week by Ralph. He goes to Robert Morris University, and he actually received a scholarship to play League of Legends there. Ralph, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Where did you originally hear about the Robert Morris scholarship for League of Legends? Um, uh, I actually had a friend initially link me an article about it, and then uh, once it was brought to my attention, I started seeing it more and more everywhere, and I... Uh, then I was like, wow, this is really this is really cool. I should probably look more more into this. Right. And uh, how did your parents react to hearing that you're going to get a scholarship to play video games for a college team? <laughs> um, growing up, always playing video games, my parents were never really too psyched about it. Always, uh, I mean, I went out a decent amount, but for a majority of the time, I would just be inside always playing video games and they really they really didn't appreciate that but once they found out that this was something that I could do to help my future and forward myself with they they uh said they supported me 100%. <laughs> I think everyone knows that uh feeling with having their parents telling them to go outside and you know stop playing yeah. video games but Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so could you tell me a little bit about the, about the scholarship itself like, you know, how much it was for um if there are different levels of the scholarship all that kind of stuff? Um, actually, yeah, there, I believe there are A-level scholarship and a B-level scholarship, and I was the recipient of the B-level scholarship, um, which, uh, I'll be able to upgrade to the A-level scholarship, uh, next year, but the B-level scholarship entitled me to 35% off of my tuition and my room and board, so it was a really nice, uh, really nice help with, uh, you know, paying. So you apply for the scholarship... Do they just send you back a, a letter saying that you've been accepted for it, or how does that work? Yeah, they would send you back a letter. Well, actually, I was talking to a few counselors at the time, and uh, the counselor I had presently, they, they had sent me an email, and they had notified me that I had qualified for a scholarship and that it was available to me uh, to 
like accept. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got you. <laughs> so what was it like for you before you got the scholarship? Like, how did you like high school? How was that all for you? What did you do before I, college? Uh, growing up, I was never, <laughs> never a big fan of school. Not to, not to, not that I'm proud or anything of it, but I was a really, I was probably a C student at best. I skipped a lot. I slept a lot. You know, I really, I just, I don't, I don't, I was never a fan of school. I feel like the system is very flawed in the way they judge people and their intelligence. And I just, I mean, I, I, I did try. I, I mean, I wanted to pass, but I was really never, I just never big on school. Yeah. I never, really, never I too really motivated. Disliked it. I think everyone's been there at some point with not wanting to go to school or having yeah. troubles with motivation, but did the Robert Morris scholarship help you at all with that? Did it make you more motivated to go to school and perform? Absolutely. Absolutely. If it, honestly, if it wasn't for this scholarship, I might not even be going to college because as I've just said, I really, I really wasn't a fan of school. And so coming out of high school, I was, uh, I was cool with just, you know, maybe just starting work early and just getting myself ahead and moving out. I just, school was never my thing, but when I found out I could go to this uh, college and do what I love there while getting an education and meeting new people and having an experience, it was, I, there was no way I was going to pass that up. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about the infrastructure in place for the League of Legends program at Robert Morris? You know, how it is, how do the coaches act? How is it treated in the sports department? All that kind of stuff. Um, from what I have observed in my few uh, visits to Robert Morris, um, I've actually talked with Kurt Melcher, the lead uh, director of it, and uh, a few of the players, and they're really, they're extremely supportive, and they really want this to become something big, and I think that's really cool, and that's really like a big reason why this is becoming so successful because not only are the players engaged the the staff and the coaching they're engaged and they they want it to work just as much as these players want it to work and they want these players to succeed just as much as the players want themselves to succeed and i think that's really that's a really strong uh structure in their uh, system with esports growing as fast as it is it's one of the biggest growing entertainment industries right now do you think that this trend of giving sponsorships, maybe not just for League of Legends, but for gamers across the country at other schools, do you think that could catch on? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at places like Korea and China, esports and video games are treated how we treat football in the Super Bowl. You, They have colleges specifically just you go to the college just to learn league and play league not even it's not even a regular college you know they really this is something you you like when you're here in in america traditionally when you're born your parents want you to go to school they want you to grow up become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that in these other foreign countries they they want you to grow up and they want you to play this game and they because it is it is a big deal over there and i think I think that it could really maybe not be as extreme as it is over there, but it could definitely get a lot bigger here. This is sort of an unrelated question, but it does stem from what you were just talking about. Do you think that the differences between how you know Korean players and Chinese players and how their countries view what they're doing compared to how gaming competitively is viewed in America – do you think that that has an effect on how placing happens internationally? Why the Koreans are always dominant? Why the Chinese are always dominant? 
I think so. When you look, when you look back and you look at uh, ancient civilizations like Sparta, from from birth, from from six years of age, the children were taken from their mother, and they were trained to be soldiers. And you could not beat that army. They were they were the best. And I think that's that's what they're doing in Korea. They're from from I mean, the moment they can put their hand on a mouse. They are learning these games, and they are training, and they are surrounded by the best of the best talent to always keep each other on their tiptoes and and be the best they can be. And that's something that like that's something that really, really makes them better than us, without a doubt. All right. Well, anyways, back on a more personal note, could you tell me a little bit about your favorite teams? Just anything like that that you think would be interesting for people to know about you? Well, uh, my favorite team. Um, if I could play for one team, actually, if I could pick any team to play on, I would probably pick TSM. And that being said, because I think they have an incredible fan base, they're without a doubt the most popular team in the United States, and they just have a really good organization behind them, supporting them. From season one, they've been a dominant team. They've always been ahead. They're really they're really engaged with their fans and their community, and I think that's that's just an awesome, like, experience and that that's probably the most the best team in my personal opinion to be a part of so with you having received the robert morris scholarship has your approach to the game or has your outlook on league of legends changed at all definitely i would say um if it not be for getting this scholarship and going to go be part of a team and having a coach and an analyst and working together with players that are very good and, you know, growing myself as a player without this opportunity, I might, uh, I might stop playing, uh, might've stopped playing very, uh, very soon. If not already, it's just very, it's a very stressful thing to do alone when you don't have a lot of resources, you know? Yeah. Just playing solo queue by yourself. (laughs) is the definition of torture. No, I'm kidding, but Soliki's still pretty bad. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Anything that you wanted to say to anyone before we wrap it up? I'd say to anybody out there who really, really, you know, has a dream, it doesn't even have to be gaming. If you really love something, do not give up on that dream. That's all I can say. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ralph. It was a real pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. This was great. Thank you. All right. I know that, you know, usually I try and keep the show, you know, pretty lighthearted. I make a lot of jokes, but um, uh, today I'd like to talk about an issue that's actually pretty personal to me. And um, so I hope you guys are willing to uh, stick through it. It's a uh, promo suck. Promo suck. I really don't like the system that's in place for ranking up in League of Legends. <laughs> Promos, I think the best way that I've ever seen the concept or at least the implementation of promos summarized is that when you win a promo series, it doesn't feel like an accomplishment. It feels like a relief. And for a gaming company, that is not what you want to hear. You don't want to hear, 
that it's just a relief to get past something that it wasn't fun to do it. It didn't give you a sense of purpose or accomplishment to do it. I've never looked forward to a promotional series and thought, wow, I'm really going to show my skills and beat these guys because I don't, I don't know. But in this episode, I'm going to really try and outline the many reasons why I think that promos are a flawed, inherent system and why they should be abolished and maybe swapped out for something else. All right, well, first thing I'd like to say is that Riot has confirmed that they're changing promos a bit in Season 6. I read an article that they wrote, and basically once you have gotten, let's say that I'm Plat 3. I just got promoted to Platinum 3, and then I lose a couple games, and I get demoted back down to Platinum 4. So I'm back in Platinum 4, but apparently the new system will have Platinum 3, quote-unquote, unlocked for me. So once I get back to over 100 LP, I'll just go straight back into Plat 3, no promo series. That's a good change. I like it. it. It's very frustrating to have to win the same promo series just to get to break even with where you were before. So I really like the change. But the part that they screw up on is the part where there are still promos in this game. Okay, I'm sorry, that's not helpful, but it, it just really doesn't help a lot of people in their current situation. Like, um, I'm going to use anecdotal evidence which you should never do, but I'm going to do it because promos piss me off, so whatever, sue me. The other day when I had uh, just gotten into my diamond promos, hashtag diamond promos, let's go, but really, I just gotten into my diamond promos, I queued up, lost, we pretty much got stomped, it happens, I was uh, a little bit upset about it, but went on to the next game, and I ended up facing a Zerath, who I'm 100% sure was scripting. And that might just sound like a salty excuse, but the guy was legitimately scripting. Like, he dodged every charm perfectly. He dodged, I was playing Lee Sin, he dodged every cue perfectly. Like, you know, 90 degree angle, moving to the side. The speed with which he shot his ultimates and the accuracy was just unreal. And there's, he would have had to be Challenger. So, I'm almost... 100% positive he was scripting. And so we lost that game, obviously. And so I'm 0-2 I'm and two in my promos. One loss, and I'll be back down. I end up winning the next game, winning the game after that, and then the, I play my last promo game, and the score is like 1-17 to 17 at the end after I got forced onto uh, ADC. So let's break down everything that happened. First of all, I think that of those games, one or maybe one was really close and a lot of fun to play, and it was one that I ended up winning. But, you know, even if I hadn't won, it would have still been a fun game. I mean, I would have been pissed off if I lost because it was my promos, but if I just played it as a solo queue game with less on the line, it would have been really fun. Any other game, it was like 40 to 25, you know. Not really close. Like, we were had a pretty commanding lead, but we ended up pulling it out. But then the three games that I lost were complete stomps. And I understand that you get stomped, but the problem with promos is that there's no way to determine a player's skill level off of a five-game sample size. You don't... When you're doing a survey, you want, you want to find out, do Americans like cheese? You don't go and ask five dudes at Walmart, hey, do you like cheese? And then call that a survey. That's not a survey. 
You just went and walked up and asked five random guys if they like cheese. It it just you can't figure out something as delicate as a player's ranking based on five games. It just doesn't work. When I'm watching, you know, challenger players smurf on their streams or whatever, I have never seen one of them get back to challenger without dropping a game. It just doesn't happen. And do they win 90% of their games? Yes. But the fact that they can lose any amount of games at such a lower, lower ranking, like I've seen Gosu drop a game in silver before. Like, really? I mean, his MMR was probably a lot higher, but whatever. He was on a silver account. And as we know, Gosu is much, much, much a hundred times better than silver players. Now, you could take my argument and say, yeah, but they still end up at their original ranking, which is true. I do agree that players will eventually end up at the ranking they deserve. I am a believer in that. But I'm not talking about eventually. I'm talking about in this stupid five-game series that determines your fate more so than anything else. The fact that Gosu can drop games in a ranking so much lower than his shows that one game or two games or three games is not enough of a test case for you to be able to determine where a player should be ranked. Like, I could be a great player and still lose at lower rankings because, you know, someone feeds. It's just frustrating when you lose because you have bad players, more so because the enemy team has good players. So I I just don't think that you can determine a player's skill off of such a small test case. The other thing that I mentioned in the intro to the segment is that players feel more relieved than accomplished whenever they win a promo series. That's just not fun. That is really, honestly, that's enough of a reason to get rid of promos. Like, I could just ditch logic, say that's not fun, and promos should be gone because I've never ever met a player who likes promos who thinks that they're a good system because they're just they're frankly not there's no reason for them to exist why are we trying to imitate lcs that's why solo queue sucks because of all these people trying to imitate i'm wild turtle i'm go soon that's what they all sound like i don't care what anyone tells you that is what players in solo queue sound like oh it's been a day it has been a day we're playing league of legends we're having fun clearly but but really, it it just it doesn't translate. You're being stuck with five random strangers and playing pickup basketball, or I guess four random strangers. You know what I mean. And you just go play pickup basketball. You're not going to enter a tournament, basketball tournament. I don't know. You're not going to try and enter a tournament with four guys you just met, and then be expected to cooperate well. Sports references, uh, sports ball. Is a good game, and um, league analogies. The um, other problem with putting you with random players for your promotional series is that they're unpredictable by nature. Random people are unpredictable. I will feed. I am a feeder. I feed a lot because of the champions I play. Lee Sin, Master Yi, Katarina, all these assassin-type champions who go balls deep and, you know, screw the team. I want a 1v5, <laughs> which is more of a me thing than anything. So I, I do end up having some really bad games. And if I was in my promos, or if someone else was in their promos and they had me and I was just playing a random solo queue game, like maybe I just got promoted so I'm at 0 LP with no chance of being demoted, so it doesn't really matter whether I win this game or not. 
And so maybe I'm not trying on all cylinders because the game doesn't mean as much to me as it means to this guy in his promos. Why should an individual game mean more to one player than another? It just doesn't lead to a fun game experience. And then you'll have people who are the absolute scum of the earth will lol nexus you or whatever, see that you're in your promos, and then tank the game on purpose just because they're horrible human beings. <laughs> and you're, you're a bad person if you do that. There's a special place in hell for you <laughs> if you troll solo queue. <laughs> uh, not really. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. That got dark. But really, it's just... The games should not mean more to one player than another. One guy doesn't give a crap, and you're trying at your absolute hardest because you really want to win. You really want to show that you're better, but sometimes you just frankly can't. And again, I do believe that given enough test cases... If you have 2,000 games in bronze, you deserve to be in bronze. That's not ELO hell. You're bad. But three games, five games. I'll give you guys another analogy because my analogies are always on point, like a pencil or something else with a sharp, pointy end. Anyways, if I flip a coin ten times, maybe it'll land on heads seven times and tails three times. Does that mean that it has a 70% chance of landing on heads? No, that's not what it means. Now, if I flip a coin 10,000 times, it's going to be much more even for heads and tails. It's going to be close to 5,000 and close to 5,000 for heads and tails. I phrased that badly, but you get what I'm saying. There's just, it's not a big enough test case for you to determine skill. We don't need to emulate LCS and solo queue because. While we're playing the same game, we're not really playing it in the same way. So what do you guys think? Should promos be abolished? Should Riot get rid of them? Or do you guys like being frustrated? <laughs> uh, diamond promos. Alright guys, anyway, send me your responses to my Twitter. What? He's plugging his Twitter? Yes, he is. Send your responses to that to my Twitter at LOLegendsRadio at Twittergram. Dot gmail and uh i'll tweet back to you if you if you tweet at me so hope you guys liked the episode it was a little bit more of a rant than it usually is but i wanted to try something new so tell me if you guys liked it sorry it's been a delay between this episode i went to podcast movement 2015 it was this huge podcasting convention there were like 1100 people there danny pena you guys might have heard of him he has gamer tag radio uh it's another podcast and it was uh, really great to see him. He got inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame. Which, uh, did you guys know that's a thing? Neither did I, because it just happened at Podcast Movement 2015. What? Anyways. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really learned a lot. I'm going to use the stuff that I learned to really try and improve the episodes that I put out. Because, you know, I love you guys. You just, I just, you guys are, you guys are the best. <laughs> but really, I am trying to improve my shows every week for you guys because you are the viewers you're the reason why i can do this it's a ton of fun i am really enjoying doing it so thank you guys again catch you on the flippity flop this has been league of legends radio